0: Hello, and welcome to the first episode of our brand new podcast series, Force Material. My name is Jade Amies. I'm from the content team here at Leaders in Sport. In this series, we'll be exploring some of the many stories at the intersection of sport, entertainment, lifestyle, and culture. This podcast is brought to you by Force in association with our founding partners, Constellation Brands and Nielsen, and in collaboration with our sister companies, Sport Techie and Sports Business Journal. Force is a collection of social and content experiences for leaders seeking to explore the growing intersection between those four pillars and create opportunities to align and collaborate. Our pilot event experience took place with a select group of executives in sport and entertainment back in May, but it's set to become an annual fixture every year with our big launch to take place in May 2023 in New York. If you'd like to find out more, please visit our website at www4 secom That's the number 4 hyphen letters s and e.com. Or follow the Leaders in Sport LinkedIn page for updates. We'll have more details coming to you soon. In this first episode of the Force Material podcast, we and some special guests are exploring the growing cool factor of chess, telling the story of the historical and ongoing popularity of the game how it's been developed and popularized through use of technology and the increase in participation throughout the pandemic lockdowns, particularly following the release of the Netflix hit The Queen's Gambit. So let's get started. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy. The past one and a half thousand years, chess has taken on many forms. Legend has it the earliest form of chess was created in Persia to recreate the scene of a prince's death to his weeping mother. This version of chess was used as a tool for the military to plan their battles, but from there it has been used as an indicator of intellect, a metaphor for power dynamics, and as a leisurely pastime. But chess is also an IOC recognised sport, and more than that, the word on the street the street being the internet, is that it's the world's most played sport. My name is Jade Amyes. I first started playing chess as a child and continued to play through to secondary school in my teen years, with a disproportionate enthusiasm given my amateur status. Around that age, it became clear that chess was almost exclusively associated with the academic type, the overachievers. For lack of a better phrase, the quote-unquote nerds of the school, a term with which I somewhat self-identified, But this perception didn't just exist in my secondary school in Swindon, England. There's always been a perceived gap between the chess player and the everyman. Unless someone was part of the chess subreddit or otherwise manipulated their algorithm, they would never see YouTube videos or social media posts talking about chess. It just wasn't seen as an activity for the in-crowd to talk about at their lunch tables. But in recent years, we've seen a colossal shift in the game's perception. YouTube videos on chess can gather millions of views. Boards have been so in demand that there was, at one point in the pandemic, a struggle to meet that demand, and perhaps the biggest indicator of cool factor, I myself picked the game back up after a five-year absence during one of the many lockdowns. With apps like Play Magnus receiving millions of downloads, the Queen's Gambit dominating primetime television awards, and a pandemic that had people scrambling for new methods of entertainment, it seemed that somehow, within just a couple of years, chess went from a niche to a hit. So how did this happen? How did chess go from nerdy to cool? In a post-MCU world, is it actually nerdiness that has become cool? How does anything become cool? Is it purely the number of people who enjoy it? Is it how useful it is? How accessible it is? Is it timelessness? Is it representation in popular culture? Perhaps it's all entirely subjective, but what we can do is take a deep dive into all of these different factors. To help us do just that, we spoke to three high-level professionals in the chess world to take a look, sorry, a look at this phenomenon. These experts offered their insight on this boost in mainstream popularity. First, we spoke to Malcolm Payne, former professional chess player and international director of the English Chess Federation.
1: I started doing other things around the game, including managing the England team, uh, finding sponsorship for large chess tournaments, setting up a chess shop in central London, and also uh, in 2009 I formed a charity called Chess in Schools and Communities that teaches chess to children in, in the inner cities and we've taught around a quarter of a million children so far.
0: We also spoke to Emil Sotovsky, Grandmaster and Director General of FIDE, the International Chess Federation.
2: Of course our main duty is to promote chess, but not only promoting per se, but also better, making this society better. Thanks to the positive impact chess has on lives.
0: And last but certainly not least, we spoke to Henrik Carlsen, board member of the Play Magnus Group and the father of, and assistant to, the FIDE number one world chess champion, Magnus Carlsen.
3: I think a young child who wants to reach the top in an endeavor like chess, they need to be in control of their own kind of career and destiny. So the child has to be the boss. And that's not so easy to combine with being a father. Together
0: with these experts, we took the time to explore the chess world and investigate once and for all, when did chess become cool? First things first, some of you may be asking, is chess even that popular? Are there really that many people in the world playing it right now? When asking myself this question, I immediately consulted my preferred internet search engine. Those who follow suit will see a statistic floating around the interweb which asserts that there are three times as many regular players of chess as there are of the next most played sport, football, or soccer if you use American English. But these are mostly from chess websites and the source is almost a couple of decades old. So for clarification, I went to meal from FIDE.
2: If we talk about the number of competitive players in officially recognised FIDE events, it is around 1 million people which is not too much these are having ratings. these are participating in official events and so on these are under chess as a sport but then you have hundreds and literally hundreds of millions of people who are playing chess whether as a as a hobby at their pastime or as kids uh they enjoy it and and we have these numbers and uh, indeed these amount to hundreds of millions who play chess uh, regularly we could see it and the data clearly indicates even from online platforms that there are over 100 million registered members i, I would stress registered members on various uh, online chess playing platforms and that uh, Besides, there uh, are many people who are just coming uh, to play once in a while without being registered just, just as guests.
0: Given the knowledge that there are hundreds of millions of regular players, it's hard to deny the popularity of the game. But what is it that actually appeals to this massive number of people? Perhaps the best angle to start with is the sporting angle. That is to say, what appeals to people about sport? In a nutshell, I would perhaps summarise sports appeal as being about community, competition, and the opportunity to drive self improvement, whether this be in your physicality, your mentality, or your literal marked success. Let's hear a little bit from Malcolm from English Chess about the sporting side of the game.
1: Primarily, it does involve a huge amount of energy use. I mean, people say, well, it's not physical. It really is physical you're absolutely exhausted at the end of a game of chess. And at the end of it, if you haven't maintained your stamina levels, well then your level of play goes down. Secondly, it's a head-to-head challenge, it's a battle, it's a sporting contest. It has rules, it has associations, it has clubs, it has players, it has ratings, it has prize money, it has a world championship. It has all the attributes of a sport, which is why most countries in the world, Britain being one of the exceptions by the way, agree and classify chess as a sport and FIDE, the World uh, Chess Fédération, Fédération Internationale des Cheques, is an associate member of the IOC and chess is played, for example, at the Asian
0: Games. A key reason we wanted to discuss chess on this podcast is that more than just being a regular old sport, chess is at an intersection of sports, art and logic and arguably of entertainment and fashion design. This blend of different elements gives it the additional advantage of being incredibly singular in the sports world. Henrik Carlsen, whose son Magnus has been number one in the World Chess Rankings for over a decade, outlined his perspective on this intersection.
3: I probably have some academic proclivities, and uh, I would love to see my son as an artist, as a scientist. Uh, While, well, if you ask Magnus, he considers himself a sportsman. Not least because uh, he's well known for approaching chess as a sport. Uh, more than most of his predecessors. You have like uh, other sports that doesn't require pure physical strength or endurance used for running or skiing or bicycling or or these kind of things. But uh, still, it requires a combined skill set. You have to use your brain, uh, of course, uh, in an efficient way but you also have to use your physical resources over time in an efficient way. You you have to be fairly fit, I think, to be a top chess player these days. Chess has such a rich history and it's such a blend of uh, science and uh, art and sport that it has a fairly unique position, I think, and um, the perception of people of uh, something... Uh, valuable and something worth uh, mastering, whether you call it a sport or not.
0: Now, it might not be that any of this is news. Almost everyone is aware of the skills you require in order to succeed at the game, and the uniqueness of its nature and history. In fact, while these are draws for many, it can come across as somewhat inaccessible to others, for the same reasons as they might avoid Mozart or Shakespeare. Such people might imagine chess players sitting in the dark, grey room, illuminated only by a lone lamp on the board. Just four to five hours of intense, physically taxing concentration and tension, with nothing but the ticking sound of the chess clock to fill the silence. But, for the most part, that is not even close to the reality of the game, which is actually a lot more versatile in format than is known to some. Players can enjoy chess in various different modes and forms to tailor how they play to what they're looking to get out of the game. Yes, chess can be an intellectual pursuit. There can be stakes, it can be very serious. But as Malcolm explained to us, it can also be quick, it can be light, and it can just be pure fun.
1: The formats of chess are rather like cricket. So you've got classical chess, which is long-play chess, which might go on as long as seven hours. And that's what we play professionally. That's what we play in the national leagues. And that's what you're getting club matches and that sort of thing. And that's serious. I mean, that's serious. It's fun. Everyone enjoys it, but there's a certain serious component to it. Then there's something called rapid chess, which is if you like the equivalent of one day cricket, as opposed to classical chess, which is test cricket. And that's all your games in about 25 minutes or half an hour. And you might play five of those games in a day. And then we have something called blitz chess, which is all your moves in five minutes on the clock so you have to make every single move and check make before or get your opponent to resign before your clock runs out of time and you only start with five minutes that's what chess players tend to do for fun and there's also on the internet something called bullet which is where you play all your moves in one minute
0: to nail home Malcolm's cricket comparison it seems that chess has already undergone its 2020 moment but let's get back to the here and now because chess has been popular for far longer than it has been considered cool you could argue chess even predates the concept of cool. What is it about the game's reputation that makes people want to learn how to play it over other sports, that makes parents want to pass it on to the next generation? While the act of chess is associated, sometimes incorrectly, with intelligence, it gives parents a sense of esteem to see their children playing it, and children that same feeling to play it. While we've established that chess can be fun, it does undeniably hold this reputation as a benchmark of genius, but why is that the case? Why this persistent association between chess and intelligence, which isolates some and draws others? Well, while we've established that there is certainly a physical aspect, let's hear a little more from Emile from FIDE on those mental skills that a player will exercise during a game, or at least when they're taking it somewhat seriously.
2: That's why many, many call it the model of life, because as in life you can plan something but if a concrete situation if you if if what what happens here and now prevents you from from accomplishing what you have planned then then you're in trouble so and you have to adjust you have to to rethink your plan and so on now uh it used to be sort of an epitome of human's uh, brain abilities because uh Okay, nowadays everyone gets smarter and smarter and and has an access to all those uh, more complex games and so on. But previously, throughout the years, chess was almost a unique way for a person who who was able to calculate, to manifest his uh, decision-making strength and so on. Uh, It was uh, on the verge between, let's say, mathematical thinking and uh, decision making psychological uh, trends because during the game it's very important the game uh, of chess is is not a game of chance so it, contrary to, to card games or rolling dices or backgammon or whatever so it's purely how good you are is how far you get
0: So a significant factor in why we continue to play chess, or teach our children to play chess, is to trick them into developing those mental skills they'll need to succeed in life. As adults we know how important that is, at least in theory. But for children, having well-trained mental skills is not necessarily on the criteria for being cool, and not even all adults seek out games that will help them to develop intellectually, judging by the enduring success of the Grand Theft Auto series. In fact, as we've become so accustomed to instant entertainment through our various screens, it could be easy to lose chess to all of the other millions of entertainment options that may appear easier to consume. Yet chess may just be at its most mainstream now than it ever has been.
2: Chess as any other sport or, or any other subculture, it needs a good story. But I would say yes, in the uh, history of chess, it hardly were many episodes where chess was more popular than it is now. Fancy a game? It's been a while. It's been a while since I've played.
3: I'll go easy on you.
0: Over the past few decades, we've seen chess represented here, there and everywhere in fiction. From Harry Potter to X-Men, many Gen Z's grew up watching chess scenes on their screen, usually as a metaphor for power and signifies of relationships. But never before have we seen chess represented in media so much within a short space of time as we have in the last few years. Gen Alpha, as Malcolm explains, are growing up even more inundated with chess imagery.
1: Chess suddenly started to appear a lot more in popular culture. There was a Prada advert with chess. <laughs> you know, there's a Nike advert with chess, with Spike Lee. It's, it's appearing all over the place. Lots of celebrities are playing chess and talking about the fact that they play chess. And I think that that obviously drives the popularity of it even more. But now there's so many, Chess is making so many appearances uh, in, in the media and in films. I've, I've just been helping on a set for a new thing uh, that's coming out on Apple TV, but I can't talk too much about it. There's actually there's actually too much to choose from now.
0: Checkmate. Clearly there is something, or indeed multiple things, about the way that we consume media play games, and generally spend our leisure time in the 21st century that, rather than burying the game in a horde of other options, actually lends itself to chess. And a game-changing invention in how we've kept ourselves entertained came to most households in the late 90s and early noughties. This is, of course, the internet.
1: The games adapted perfectly to the internet. So as soon as the internet came, some of the first websites were chess websites. And some of the first gaming zones were online chess clubs because a chess move is only a few bytes of data. I mean, millions of games are being played all the time, all the time. If you go onto one of the servers, for example, Lee Chess, you'll find, I've never seen less than 60,000. Sometimes it's over 100,000 games going on at the same time. And that's only one of the servers. You know, there are scores of these servers all over the place. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there, there are literally billions of games being played. So, that, And that's the great appeal now that chess is not only something you can play face to face and it can be very sociable, but you can play it on your phone against someone somewhere else in the world, 24,
0: And in a world where 90% of mobile phone users have a smartphone, the importance of apps cannot be understated. With over 1 billion phones in the world, having at least one chess app downloaded on them, it would be near impossible to find a train or a plane without at least one person filling their journey with some virtual gameplay. One such chess app that you might see being played on public transport is Play Magnus, which was released in 2014. Henrik Carlsen gave us a little more insight on the concept and inspiration behind launching such an app, which is based on the games of his world champion son at various ages.
3: Well, Magnus, uh, he has always been passionate about broadening chess uh, in the world in a way, reaching more people, uh, because he, he has such joy from chess himself. And he wanted to share this with other people. Uh, we have uh, games for, for Magnus ha- has played going back uh, at least till he's eight years old. So we could kind of extrapolate uh, a little also to six and seven and uh, kind of build a strength level. Uh, that make, made sense. And we had uh, what openings he played, etc. cetera. Uh, and... Uh, the fact that you could kind of play against him at different ages and make progress and measure your progress made a lot of sense. Now it turned out that he made a lot of progress from seven to eight, from eight to nine, from nine to 10. Yes. So these are quite large steps. So he introduced also a monthly change at some point. And uh, I think that was a beautiful idea, basically. And we've had a few million downloads. So it's had some impact. I know... If not daily, at least occasionally, I get emails from people who say they or their children kind of came into chess through playing against Magnus uh, in the Magnus app. And that's, that's wonderful to hear.
0: Another new phenomenon that the internet has brought with it is a surge of online content, specifically streamers, who add their own insights and personalities to the commentary as they play. This makes the game engaging for all of those watching, chess fans and rookies alike. Just as food bloggers have had people from quaint British towns craving the cuisine of Southeast Asia, and beauty influencers have brought highlight and contour into the average makeup buyer's routine, these online personalities are bringing young people to chess in spades.
3: I'm, uh, I'm such a fan of uh, the idea of streaming, because uh, some of the uh, streamers, US streamers, others, they have uh, contributed so significantly to the development of chess over the last few years and they brought new people into chess in multitudes. And this is uh, something I think is going to continue. When you have interesting personalities who can also play chess at various levels, you can create uh, very interesting content.
0: Now, there is an elephant in the room that we haven't quite gotten to. And that is, of course, the P word no not pawns no not performance ratings the big p is for pandemic the world saw a huge surge in participation from households across the world as people desperately sought a way to entertain themselves for some it was crocheting for others it was baking but for many as malcolm from english chess will explain it was chess
1: there are lots of uh, uh, stats for example chess.com recorded a five-fold increase in the number of uh, new members new people playing online. One of the things that we did is, uh, in the charity Chess in Schools Communities was because we couldn't deliver to schools with our tutor-led delivery in classrooms, we put everything online and we started a new uh, online chess club and we got over 60,000 applications from children, which was, you know, I mean, we were just not used to these numbers. <laughs> it was really amazing.
0: In addition to the increase in participation online, there was also a huge number of households that, with the inability to go outside, purchased a chess set to ease the monotony of their lockdown routine. And if you weren't quick to jump on the chess train, there was a point where you may have missed your chance to get your hands on that venerated black and white checkered board, as Emil from FIDE recalls.
2: Well, it increased to an extent that people simply couldn't buy a chess set. they were no available. I mean, it was, it was total craziness, especially at the end of 2020, beginning of 21, when it collided with uh, Queen's Gambit. So everybody was after chess, everybody was playing. and what's good now? after pandemic, we see that the numbers almost don't drop. I mean, maybe we're not at the very peak now compared to the beginning of 21, but we we are somewhere there, so it means that people actually, once they got back, they, they almost all of them stayed there.
0: That said, everyone coped with the boredom and the fatigue of the lockdowns in different ways, and some people were just happy to stay glued to their television sets. A completely valid position, of course, and one I won't pretend I didn't opt for, for a huge chunk of the pandemic. What this meant is that viewership figures on programs provided by streaming services skyrocketed. With that in mind, there may have been another factor in the pandemic that, after years of technological advancement that made the game more accessible, may have finally given it that cool factor to go with its historical popularity.
3: You could point to to basically the COVID uh, transforming society in so many ways with the home office and uh, accelerating the progressive movements, both good and bad, <laughs> in, in uh, other parts of the world. And uh, it's transformed chess enormously, together with The Queen's Gambit. The global Netflix hit, The Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit. The Queen's Gambit.
2: And the Emmy goes to The Queen's Gambit. <laughs>
0: There was a certain television show, released around half a year after the start of the pandemic lockdowns, that saw huge success at the Emmys, Golden Globes and the Sags, was given a 96% approval rate from Rotten Tomatoes, and was also, at that point in time, Netflix's most watched scripted television show. A television show that served as an introduction to chess for many, and reignited a dormant love for the game for others, myself included. We'll talk a little bit more about this mystery show after the break.
3: That's probably done more for for, uh, women in chess than uh, any other things in history.
0: Queen's Gambit, those remotely interested in chess will no doubt have caught a glimpse of it, but even for those who aren't, shall we say, chestnuts, the Netflix series was more or less inescapable from its release in October 2020, right up to September the following year, where it took home a whopping 11 Primetime Emmy Awards. Perhaps more impactful than the award success was the word of mouth. Within the first 28 days of release, the show was streamed by 62 million households, And with a 94% average audience score, it wasn't just critics that enjoyed it. The series, based on the 1983 novel by Walter Travis, follows Beth Harmon, an orphan who almost accidentally discovers her penchant for the game and grows up to compete for the world number one title, all while battling childhood trauma, substance abuse, and gender roles imposed by 1950s and 60s America.
3: And uh, it was a very good series. Uh, Magnus liked it a lot. He's usually critical of the chess content of this series, but uh, this was excellent.
2: It was it was all very nicely shown. But what was most important for me, it actually had an impact that people realized that chess is is actually exciting. the story behind it is exciting.
0: For those who are familiar with chess, there was plenty that resonated. The writing process was overseen by expert consultants such as Grandmaster Gary Garry Kasparov, who spent over 20 years as the world's number one chess player in a record that's still yet to be beaten. The result was a refreshingly accurate portrayal of the chess world, at least compared to other depictions in mainstream media. Malcolm from English Chess told us some of the things that drew his attention.
1: The the first thing that happened to me in in the first uh, part of it was I I cried. And, And that was because (laughs) something like resonated with me so strongly because I was also a child prodigy like Beth Harmon and in one of the scenes she's lying in bed and instead of going to sleep she starts seeing the chessboard on the ceiling and starting playing moves and uh, and I used to have the same kind of thing used to happen to me only I I see the chess pieces in the window (laughs) and when I saw that scene, I decided, I sort of, a tear came to my eye. The other thing that it captured, which is the most important competitive aspect of chess at the top level, was how the nervous tension increases towards the climax of the struggle, the crisis on the ball.
0: However, the show was not just created to appeal to chess experts such as Malcolm, Emil, and Henrik. There was also plenty to appreciate for the uninitiated. There was the superb acting led by Anya Taylor Joy and the universally popular rags to riches type of story. But there was also the Grammy winning score by Carlos Rafael Rivera and Gabrielle Binder's meticulously researched costume design. The craft and care behind every detail hauled the viewer, perhaps unwittingly, head first into a chess centred story.
1: I think it was a lovely story. She's an orphan, she turns her life around, she struggles with addiction, she becomes fantastic and revered and a champion. And it was also done beautifully, wasn't it? I mean, the, all the settings were fantastic. Her clothes were fantastic. There's a great article in Vogue about her clothes, which I, which I read a few months ago. And, and so I think everything about it was wonderful. You could, she was relatable in some ways too, and and, and, and and a heroine. And one of the great things about it is that chess has become much more popular now with girls and with women.
0: Malcolm gave the show many endorsements, but a key word here is heroin. As is the case with almost every other sport on the IOC's roster, there is a significant gender imbalance in chess. While many, rightly or wrongly, use the matter of physicality as an argument against the average woman as a natural sports person, chess is somewhat less physical than other popular sports such as football or rugby. While we've established stamina is key, physical build and strength are not so much factors. So why this gender imbalance exists, we can only guess. But as we know, representation matters and The Queen's Gambit opened women and girls' eyes to the fact that actually, as Malcolm and Henrik from Play Magnus make clear, girls can play chess, and they can be pretty darn good at it.
1: There was always a big imbalance. There still is. It's just a smaller imbalance now, I'm delighted to say, uh, that even though she was to some extent flawed, she was a female role model, and that's, that's, been, that's been a great boost for it too.
3: I mean, we have seen that uh, some of the best girls, especially Judith Polgar, could fight with the best men, so that uh, we know it's possible for girls to be at the absolute top. Why there's not more of them, like in the Grandmaster's Square, it's very hard to say. Uh, Again, back to, there's so many factors, and we we, we need to try to kind of remove the factors that are uh, toxic or, discouraging women from playing chess, the beautiful game of chess.
0: The fact is that chess is a sport that can be enjoyed and excelled at by pretty much anyone. And in the modern world, one that is conscious of issues surrounding diversity and inclusion, there's very few things more topical, or dare we say it cooler than something so universal and accessible. Malcolm from English Chess and Emil from FIDE spoke more on this universal appeal.
1: It's very easy to play, it crosses all barriers of language, of culture, of geography, of ethnicity, of, of, of disability as well. You know, there are blind chess players, there are deaf chess players, there are disabled chess players. We have a World Disabled Chess Championship, we have a World Championship for Blind Players.
2: There are many board games, there are many excellent board games, but uh, they're either too difficult to learn, or they are very, let's say, they can be exhausted pretty quickly if you compare, for example, chess and checkers. Checkers is a much simpler game, and that's why it does not engage people as much. It's quick, you can learn quickly, you can play. But then, uh, let's say, chess has is much richer game. Uh, of course, chess can be compared to other board games like Go, which has a lot of... And very strong base and tradition in uh, in Asian countries, but once again, chess advantage that it's 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 universally popular.
0: So it's clear that chess is trendy now, but are we at the peak of its trendiness, of its coolness, of its mainstream popularity? The general consensus is maybe, but it certainly isn't looking that way.
1: It's very very hard to to predict these sorts of trends. I think the reason though the the chess kind of cool factor will linger at least as long as a lot of other cool factors is, is that it doesn't really have any any competition so it's not really like a fashion brand that can maybe be overtaken by another or a food or something like that this is just something that's getting more embedded in popular culture more people are playing and more people are learning it and also the great thing about it in terms of its popularity continuing is that chess is also a bit like riding a bike you might not if you learn to ride a bike, you don't forget how to ride a bike.
2: According to our estimate, which is pretty accurate because we conducted several uh, surveys and, uh, in, in countries, there are about 30 million kids in the world which take chess lesson at least once a week. So that's a huge number. The, they may consider us boomers, and here I don't care. Just uh, what I care about is that more and more people are engaged into this game. More and more people see a value of it. More and more people uh, spend their time uh, teaching their kids. And I think, and that's very important to underline, that more people playing chess we have, the better society is. The smarter society is, more responsible it is, more focused, more, uh, how would I say, determined. Uh, so so uh, these are values with, Ch- with chess gives of course of course it, it is not a you know a solution to every world's problem but uh, i definitely think that uh, it is one of the better things happening to this world recently that chess is on surge attracting more people and making the world better
3: I don't have a crystal ball, but it's certainly changing fast and it's going to continue to change, I think, and where it'll end up, we'll see.
0: And last month, it was announced that Magnus Carlsen would not defend his World Championship title next year, having held the title for the past five years. This leaves a potential vacuum of influence in the chess world, and it's intriguing to see how this will unfold. Magnus' father, Henrik, gave his view
3: it's quite a drastic decision for the chess world. Okay, it's happened before. Fischer, withdrew already after one match, but he, he re- retired basically at the same time, which uh, that was different. I mean, Magnus understands that there are a lot of people in the chess world unhappy about his decision. But now we live in this modern world where people take individual decisions and uh, I think you have to have the the experience of uh, living through World Championship matches to understand and appreciate really how tense and difficult it is. I'm uh, supporting him. I understand him. I've been through all these World Championship matches as well. And I, I get older every time. <laughs> now we we will see uh, probably two players kind of having some status in the chess world uh, next year the world champion and Magnus because of his uh, legacy and his uh, for the time being is also by far the number one on the classical rating so we will see.
0: Lots of interesting and exciting developments and changes have been happening in the chess world that have seemingly changed people's perception of the game forever. And with any luck, this new and improved view on the game is here to stay.
2: What I see so far and what I'm pleased about is that this hype, which was, just was a real hype of 2020, it does not actually, so, let's say, it did not disappear. And we can say that it's not a hype anymore, it's a boom. It's real chess boom, which is going ongoing. You can see it in newspapers, you can see it in schools, you can see it on Norwegian TV, you can see it in ja- by Japanese vlogger who had, I don't know, 15 million views on a chess match he broadcasted, You can Google that. Uh, I mean, z- z- that's, that's what makes me happy, is that in every corner of the world, chess is, is, is attracting people.
0: Here's to hoping that boom continues and the momentum continues to build. In any case, Chess has been around for over a millennium, and I'm sure it will see at least a millennium more. Perhaps right now we're in a peak, and in a couple of years we'll hit a trough, but there will always be the long history that appeals to lovers of humanities, the logical aspect that appeals to lovers of mathematics and the sciences. Some will play it with dramatic flair, some will play it methodically, and some will just play it for fun with no strategy in mind. It has and will always mean different things to different people. It may have been cool to me as a child, but it wasn't to some of my peers. It may be cool to those tens of millions that watched the Queen's Gambit, but it isn't to those who didn't. But then something else will come around the corner to convert some of those into fans of the game, and that cycle will continue. It's safe to say that chess has and will always be cool, with all of the subjectivity that comes with that particular term. Even for those who may not think it is cool, the game is undeniably popular and beloved across the world as a pastime, as a sport, or like many other games and activities, as escapism, as the world around us gets busier and sometimes scarier. It's safe to say that, for the foreseeable future, something that has meant so much to so many people throughout history sees no signs of entering its endgame. You've been listening to Force Material, the podcast exploring the way in which sport meets entertainment, lifestyle, and culture. Thank you so much to our guests for this episode, Malcolm Payne, Emil Satovsky, and Henrik Carlson. And please join us next time as we and some new guests explore another story.